of the Intersection Podcast coming to you from the Georgia Tech Shadow College of Business. I'm your host, Leo Haig. I'm a second-year full-time MBA student here at Shadow. To celebrate Women's History Month, across March, we're profiling our female graduates who have studied here at the Shadow College of Business. We want to hear all about their career experiences, their time at Shadow, and what advice they have for our listeners. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by Stephanie Smith, who was an undergrad student here at Shadow from 2005 to 2009. Since graduation, Stephanie has launched a very successful career in digital marketing. She has helped numerous Fortune 500 companies with marketing campaigns and digital marketing strategies since graduation. And since 2017, she has been running and growing her own digital media business, Social by Steph. Stephanie, I know that you'll have loads to share about your experiences, both working for major brands here in Atlanta and also starting your own business. But before we delve into that, it would be great if you could just kick us off by saying a few words about your career background and how you got to Shella. Yeah, sure. So the funny thing is, is that when I came to tech, I actually was an engineering major. And so I started as a computer engineering major and then decided to switch to industrial engineering and I was an industrial engineering major until the summer after my third year. And with the scholarship that I had, I actually was interning with Caterpillar, the construction company. And so the first summer I interned with them, I was doing like this spreadsheet work, you know, with the engineering team, but I sat by the marketing team and they were doing like some really cool things. And I was just like, hmm, there has to be a way that I can kind of incorporate, you know, marketing or some of that cool stuff that they were doing into some of like spreadsheet work because I do like numbers and and data. And so that's kind of where I added when I came back to school with the still with the industrial engineering major, I added on the marketing certificate. So I started kind of like slowly easing my way into Scheller. And eventually I just went full force with it and decided to do business management with the marketing certificate and just kind of like figuring out how to incorporate all of that. So um, after that experience at Caterpillar and when you started adding those kind of marketing credits and and building that experience here at Scheller, when did you think that you could kind of first make an actual career out of digital marketing and, and that side of things? You know, I didn't know what digital marketing was, right? Like when I first graduated or actually before I graduated, I was doing internships with like social media, but it was kind of still new, and then kind of like traditional marketing, so press releases, things like that. And I got an opportunity when I graduated to intern with this startup company, and my managers there actually both were graduates from Georgia Tech, so shout out to Charles Lumpkin and Josh West. And this startup company was one of Facebook's first data partners. And so I got into Facebook ads really, really early, like way before they even had their own like ads platform. And so that was my introduction into digital marketing. And it just was perfect because it was literally the combination of marketing and then numbers because I was running all the numbers and all the media behind the scenes of a marketing campaign. And so that's kind of like I blindly fell into it with this internship and it just grew from there. And you mentioned there that this was kind of right um, at the start of social media really taking off, you know, particularly from a business perspective in mm-hmm. terms of advertising and how brands could leverage those platforms. So um, you, you absolutely there mentioned there the kind of the alumni network at Tech and how that's really beneficial for our students who really want to get into like a range of different careers. I think no matter what you want to do, there's there's going to be a yellow jacket there who's doing it right absolutely. now who can help you out. <laughs> and I think that was you know clearly definitely the case when you were looking to graduate and start a career, even you know in, in a burgeoning 
marketing industry, which was social media and digital marketing back then. Do you feel that tech at that time was kind of doing anything in terms of its programming to kind of spark that interest within you from the marketing side? Or did they just kind of help you prepare for that career just through the the alumni network and the connections you were able to leverage by being a yellow jacket? I think it was a little bit of both, right? Like, I really enjoyed the classes that I was taking at Scheller. Between the marketing classes, I remember, I don't even know if he's still here, but Professor Van Tyne. I just had a lot of fun with the classes here, and so it was more interesting to me. And then I was still able to incorporate a lot of the math. So I was done with my math classes by the time I switched to Scheller, but I still did statistics. And there there was still a way for me to, like, bring incorporate those numbers, and I think all of that background helped me kind of transition into the digital marketing industry. But I think the connections from having that, you know, tech on my resume just kind of helped bring it all in because it's just something about like seeing another tech grad where it's just like, okay, you may not know how to do this, but I know you can learn. And I think that's what my managers there at that company saw in me. And so that's how we just, we grew from there. And they're actually both still mentors of mine. Well, that's amazing that you've been able to keep that connection, but I think it definitely speaks to the culture here mm-hmm. at Georgia Tech that, you know, this is a community that wants to give back after sure. after people graduate. You know, they do still want to look out for people who, you know, come through the school here and, you know, not just for your first job after graduation, but do want to support your career afterwards. But I think I'm quite envious that you were able to get all your math skills and statistics sorted on the front end of your career, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> I mean, it's something that I wish that I could say for myself as someone who, who does have a bit of a similar background for you in that I worked for a number of communications agencies and mm-hmm. things before I came back to school to do my MBA and because it became more and more apparent to me that I really did need those capabilities mm-hmm. and didn't quite have them so I think you were very very smart to get that out of the way early yes. and then you could build a career I mean off I enjoyed them like that was my that was the way I nerded out right was like the math and the calculus and all of that and then when it came to my English classes I was like oh my god I have to write a paper <laughs> Well, yes, I think there's definitely a lot that I could learn from you for sure. So please have made the connection now. But kind of looking back on that startup experience as well, and you said that, you know, not only did you get something great for your resume, but you were, you secured, you know, a couple of mentors here that are still, you know, really helpful for your career kind of 10 years later. As you were looking to kind of turn that into more formal experience, um, how do you decide what your next step was after you've got these kind of initial um, internships under your belt? Yeah, so I was with that startup company for almost four years. We were acquired and then eventually dissolved. And then I started to hop around a little bit. Like I call it my job hopping tour, right? Like I felt like I had a good foundation and my skill set was so unique because again, I got into it really early that agencies in the area were just like begging me to come there. So I started job hopping like, okay, you're going to pay me more money. Fine. I'll go over there. Okay. I want this brand experience. Cool. I want this title. And so that worked for me for maybe about six years or so. And I got really, really great experience. And so I kind of led my career path based off of the opportunity. I wanted to make more money. I wanted to grow within companies. I wanted to manage teams and work with really large brands and large budgets. And so I did that for a while until I wanted something different. And that's when I started to kind of take my side business because I was getting approached by a lot of friends that I also went to tech with who were starting businesses and they were like, okay, can you help me advertise it? And so I took what was my side business and decided to start to plan for it to be my main thing. 
And I think that, you know, there's a lot that I recognize in, in my own career in that just the agency experience, which I think, um, you know, if I could speak to somebody who was about to graduate and say, if you are interested in, you know, marketing, you know, the digital media space, communications, then that, at least for a good number of years at, the, sure. at the front end of your career is really good to do just because you get so many um, you know, different exposures to mm-hmm. a different clients, but also different industries, and you can begin to really get a sense of you know what, what you like exactly. Yeah. And, and was was that the case for for you for as well? For sure, I appreciated my agency experience. Like I have so many. There's probably not an industry that you can throw out there that I haven't had experience working with some type of brand under. And so it just it definitely helps me wrap my mind around what I like. I can speak to a number of different things, and so it's just like all these different goals that kind of fall within these marketing campaigns. I can. Speak speak to it because of agencies because they just throw you in the fire and it's like you have to figure it out they're very fast paced so I think it's perfect for like fresh out of college when like you're excited and you're really ready to work the extra hours and you don't have to worry about a family or anything like that so it's like it's great experience that I definitely feel like a lot of people should have and I imagine now that you have your own business you feel that there's probably no industry that you can't turn your hand to at this stage you know you've got that experience embedded but you did mention there that you know by the time that you did start your own business you were already kind of you know you had your hand kind of in that space and um, to begin with so and what kind of kicked that off for you was it just the the relationships and network that you had and people just wanted to tap into your expertise yeah that's kind of what and the crazy thing is when I started at that startup company that company was called blink media it was a bunch of entrepreneurs that came together to build what they were building so it was one of Facebook books like first ad partners and fresh out of college I just got this bug for entrepreneurship and so I didn't know really what that meant I didn't know what that looked like for me in the future and so when I started to get approached by different people just to help them I'm like okay maybe this is it this is my way and I was at this point where I needed more flexibility in my schedule and so that just seemed natural for me and I think that it was just a fear of like okay how does that work? When do I quit? What do I do for healthcare? What do I do? Like, am I actually going to have real clients? Or is it going to my be my friends who just want to take me to lunch, right? Like, that's not going to pay my bills. But yeah, it definitely was the opportunities. And just people really trusting me and tapping into my knowledge that kind of like gave me the confidence to really push forward. And I think as well, um, it'd be interesting to kind of hear a little bit about the the first kind of projects that you did as you were like launching Social by Steph and yeah. building that, because I think it's really clear that when you were working for the larger companies and you had Fortune 500 clients, you did actually have a very unique skill set that was really sought after. You know, it's not just the creative side of things, but, you know, you can really dig into, you know, the weeds of the numbers by that, how things are performing, spotting opportunities with social media and probably doing things very different to how people have seen them done before. So is that something that you feel was recognized and you kind of had a unique offering as you went out there and started your own business to deliver all that for clients? Yes, for sure. And I think that too, when I decided to really start to work with people it was specific to small and medium-sized businesses right so the brands that I would typically work for would be like a coca-cola capital one and they're you know working with these multi-million dollar budgets but I noticed that there was this gap in the market of small medium-sized businesses that had budget to maybe tap into ads but not enough to work for an agency that I would typically work for so I'm like this is my market it's not a direct competitor to any agency that I've worked for, but they have a little bit of budget. And so let me take these million dollar campaign best practices and then break it down to the pockets of small and medium sized businesses. And I think that 
bringing that, having that agency experience, but not having the agency vibe was what a lot of people wanted to tap into. And even still today, right, like it's a level of transparency that I give that sometimes an agency won't actually, you know, necessarily give to their clients. And so I think people appreciate that. And then they also appreciate the fact that it's just if they have whatever budget, let's maximize it and, you know, help reach your goals as opposed to, no, you need more budget. No, this is your budget. Let's stick within it and let's figure out a way to get you there. And I think that's interesting that you kind of identified a, a met need in the market here. And I was going to ask you, do you think it's been particularly beneficial to kind of starting this business here in Atlanta? Because, you know, as you can probably tell, I'm not from Atlanta originally, <laughs> but I've certainly, you know, loved my time here since I moved over for my MBA. And I've really been struck by, you know, the business community here is like, yes, we do have Coca-Cola, we do have Home Depot, we do have Delta Airlines, and a lot of big companies that aren't necessarily HQ'd here, but are definitely adding to their presence, whether that's Google, Airbnb, you know, you name it, they're here. But you, front end of your career, very much saw the startup scene, and that probably gave you a lot of inspiration as someone who was interested in entrepreneurship. And obviously, you know, you're able to help growing brands at the moment. So, do you think there's something like beneficial about just the atmosphere and the way that people do business in Atlanta that's kind of helping you as an entrepreneur? Yeah, for sure. I think Atlanta was kind of the perfect atmosphere to be in at the time that I was making that transition, just because the startup culture and the business kind of small business culture has really grown here. And I think that a lot of people are realizing that there's opportunity to start a business elsewhere outside of like Silicon Valley or, you know, New York. And so that whole vibe really has grown and it kind of like just worked perfectly to where, to your point, there is a Coca-Cola here, you know, Coca-Cola is here, Google is here. There's so many different, Facebook is here, right? And a lot of people don't even know where the Facebook office is, but they're here as well. And so being able to be engulfed in that culture, making those connections. And while like people look down at job hopping, but when I job hop, I made a lot of connections. And so when I went out on my own, I just kind of, threw that out there and they just started throwing you know referrals my way and so yeah I think Atlanta has been the perfect spot for me to make that jump. And that is a very nice lead on to the what I wanted to ask you about <laughs> next was then this business now Social by Steph it's been going for a good kind of four or five years hasn't mm-hmm. it you've been doing five. it full time yeah mm-hmm. um, so congratulations Thank on you. that and, and what lessons have you learned have you looked to grow the business it seems like you've got a lot kind of through the door through referrals mm-hmm. which is great so obviously you're doing some brilliant work but yeah what kind of have you picked up and learned about yourself as you've looked to kind of grow the business and push it forward yeah you know when I started full time it was kind of scary because I'm like okay I was making really good money at my last job. And I'm like, is this going to be a significant salary difference? Like, am I going to just have to change my life? So it was kind of fearful to take that jump. And so I was saying yes to everything. Yes, I'll do that. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Everything was yes. (laughs) And I did that for probably about a year. And then I realized, okay, you're not an expert in some of these things that you're saying yes to. And you're trying to figure it out. And it's not working that well. And so I think the first lesson that I really had to learn was to just be confident in the lane that I'm offering, right? Stay in your lane and focus on that. So if somebody is asking you to do something else and you don't specialize in that, make an introduction. I am big on making introductions. I can introduce you to somebody who does that. It's not my lane. That was the biggest lesson that I had early on was to just stick to what I am an expert in. And then I feel like the next one is boundaries. Because when you, at least in my experience, being a small business owner or a freelancer, contractor, whatever that looked like at that that particular moment, 
I think sometimes people kind of expect more, right? They're texting you at 10 o'clock at night or, you know, they're expecting you to give more than what the scope is of the contract. And as I've gotten settled more in being a business owner, setting those boundaries and realizing that some things are out of scope and just being confident in saying that actually this is a little out of scope. Sometimes I may give it complimentary just because I appreciate the business or you know the connection but sometimes it's just like hey I'm unable to do that and I think that that just comes with being confident in the industry and I would say the last lesson I've learned is to have my contracts tight you know like you don't know that you need a very thoroughly worded contract until something goes wrong and so there's been a couple problems and I won't say I have any big issues with anybody but there have been a couple issues where if something doesn't go wrong now we have to like kind of go to the contract and see what's going on so I would definitely I think those were the the top three lessons that I've learned over the years and still learning well I I think that's really sound advice as well because I imagine particularly when you're starting out there's a a lot of enthusiasm that you want to bring you probably want to get right down Mm -hmm. and start working and you know you're also building a relationship with clients as well so you don't want to get too tied down in red tape I'm sure there's a temptation there but as you say you do kind of want to make sure that that's all in working order before anything goes wrong before it's too late so I think that's definitely (laughs) good advice. Yes absolutely. And I know um, when you um, launched in the business and you had it branded as digital and something Mm -hmm. to begin with but now you've transition to social by Steph your current brand so as someone who kind of specializes in branding and helping to build brand I was really interested kind of what went into that decision and you know have you seen a change for yourself and your business um, since you made that decision yeah that change really came with that realization that I was just talking about about being confident about who I am and staying in my lane So when I started Digital Insomnia, I actually had a couple other girls on the company with me that were doing other things. So they were doing content development, social media management, and I was focusing on the ad and the ads and the media buying. And they weren't full time. They ended up, you know, doing other things with their careers. And so it was ended up being me and I was still selling these other things. I'm like, I don't do content, right? Like I just told you, I don't like writing papers. It's not my thing. And I actually got an opportunity to speak at a conference in Palm Springs and I was still branded as Digital Insomnia. And I think I was doing that because I was hiding behind the brand. I didn't want my face to be the brand. I just kind of wanted it to be like a mini agency. And when I spoke at this conference and the room was packed out, it had like 150 people that just were trying to learn ads. And my friend who was there with me, she was just like, why are you hiding again? All these people were here to hear what you had to say. And I'm like, you're right. And so it was that experience. I came home and rebranded to Social by Steph to just like, this is me, this is my experience, this is the way I do ads, whether it's trial and error, just being taught by, in my opinion, some of the best and brightest in the industry. And then just being, it's me. And I think that that's what it is now. So now you'll see my face, you'll see me talking, I'm sharing my knowledge, whereas before it was kind of like behind the scenes. And so that's kind of what went into that rebrand. It's just kind of like making it known that it's me, my expertise, and the way that I run ads. And I think, you know, hearing that, there's definitely you know, so much that I'm sure that you're proud of by stepping out there, you know, taking a risk as an entrepreneur, but building something, you know, that's really resonated with the business community here in Atlanta. And so is there like a a thing that you think has been particularly rewarding about, you know, being an entrepreneur and taking that step, particularly, you know, it might be a project or it just might be kind of, you know, something that that you've just, you know, value every day as as you go on that journey? Yeah, I, I think it's the flexibility, right? Like it's the, for me, the ability to be able to do something when I want to do it. So if I get an opportunity that comes through the door and I'm really excited about it, 
I can arrange what I have going on to make sure that I can give that opportunity the time and the effort that it needs. And so I appreciate doing that. And I think that sometimes, and this is, you know, not to knock companies or agencies or anything, but sometimes when you're there, you're kind of there to do that one thing or you're there to work on that one client. And I've always liked to spread, you know, my experience out. And so I really have appreciated being able to do that because I got an opportunity to run media for the Biden-Harris campaign. So I ran like $20 million in like three months for that. And I wouldn't have been able to do that (laughs) and and put that much time into three months in any other situation. So it's like opportunities like that that fall in my lap. And I'm like, absolutely. And let me figure out how to make it work. And so it's like that's what feels good for me. And I imagine, though, with that, there's probably comes a a flip side, which is there's probably a temptation to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'll get a load of interesting projects that probably come out of nowhere sometimes and and land, you know, in your inbox. And you're like, should I go for that or should I not? How do you kind of like balance that and make sure that you can have, you know, an active life outside of the business and, and growing that? I've definitely had to get better at saying no and balancing my time and realizing when my client list is full, right? And because I, again, there was a time where I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. Or I can take on another client and I'll figure it out. And so now I think it's really having this balancing act between how much time is it taking me to manage the clients that I have? Some clients are very low maintenance, right? And so like we maybe meet once a month and I'm tapping into their campaigns just a few times a week just to make sure things are going. Some of them are higher maintenance where we're talking all the time and I have tasks for them all the time. And so I do this balancing act between the high touch clients and the low touch clients. And that's what helps me, you know, still have a life outside of work. And kind of looking to the future, have you thought much about kind of next steps for the business or, or yourself, or are you just kind of still just working with the clients and just seeing, you know, um, what, what comes your way? Yeah, I have been thinking a lot about the future because I want to start to step out of just day-to-day execution. And so I'm actually in the process of building a platform. And so I've gotten into teaching in the last few years. And so the same conference that I was just that I just mentioned a few minutes ago, I actually just spoke at that conference this week again. So I speak at conferences teaching how to run ads. I actually am a coach at CreateX here at Georgia Tech. I do tech stars. Um, So I'm always kind of like finding different ways to teach people how to run ads. And so I decided to scale that part of my business. And so I'm developing a platform that teaches people how to run ads and allows them to practice in like these simulated modules without actually spending real money. And so that's for me what I want the future to be is to grow that platform, have it be a space where anybody who wants to learn digital advertising can come learn, practice. It'll it'll be designed to still help you manage campaigns that are actually live in market. And so, and then hopefully kind of get to the point where it's like, in the machine learning field to where it's so smart, you know, using all the data that we have. And so that for me is the future and that's what I'm currently working on right now. So trying to get there. Yeah, well, that sounds very, you know, inspirational. Someone who's definitely interested in that space, I can immediately see the benefit of that. So definitely wish you good luck with that. And I think there is a real need for it as well. I'm I'm sure you'll be able to pull that off. So I'll be watching very keenly to see this. (laughs) But you mentioned there, I think, just before we wrap up, Stephanie, just about kind of like the future of digital advertising as well. And I think it would be interesting just to get your thoughts on kind of, you know, 
is there kind of big changes that you've seen since you either launched your business or you know thinking about turning your agency and what do you think kind of is next to the industry yeah that's a good question you know i kind of keep my eye on the changes and as it pertains to digital advertising there hasn't been huge changes outside of access right and so there was a whole ios thing with facebook that was really already a thing over in europe but now we just seem to have less access to people if they don't want you to so i think for me the biggest change is to find other ways to get people so excited that they want you to have access to them and so that's a lot of times what i teach my clients is like okay that you really need to be an exciting brand you need to share that on your social pages and all the things so that digital advertising can work (laughs) can work better and so that's why i kind of keep my eye on things there and also, like, I think people really thought that what it was the metaverse was about to be like here and like right now. And I think it's something like that will come in the future. And so I do think that people should start to plan to find really cool, innovative AI type ways to market their brands for when that opportunity comes, you're kind of like ready to go. And so I think that that's probably what I'm most excited about to see what that's going to look like to be able to run those types of ads and kind of get into that. Well, I think, yeah, definitely a lot to be excited about for the future, you know, both in terms of your own business, but also how that kind of weaves into the new industry trend. So I will definitely be watching out for the uh, future and continued success of Social by Steph. But that's all that we have time for today. But I think I've definitely learned a lot about, you know, taking risks and getting out there and starting your own business and also about the um, digital advertising world. So definitely really appreciate you um, spending the time with us, Stephanie. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. And we will be back on the Intersection podcast next month. We have some of our MBAs currently out around the world. We have them in Japan, we have them in France, and we have them in the Nordics working with businesses. So look forward to hearing about the travels that my classmates are on and, and interviewing them about that. But in the meantime, Stephanie, just wanted to say a huge thank you once again for taking time out of what is a very busy period for you and there with, with the clients that you have and, and the things that you're working on at the moment. So really appreciate you coming back to Shadow and stopping by and talking to us. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you.